Fabian is one of my neighbors. Uh, he actually lives right behind my house. And uh, I, I've, you know, I got to meet him. He came around the church and was just filling up some water bottles at the church and just introduced myself. And uh, yeah, I just kicked off a friendship. Uh, his, his nickname, he goes by Black Cowboy. And uh, yeah, he is just helping so many people in the neighborhood. He is the person that so many people call when they need help with different things, when they're in rough situations, good situations, whatever it is, uh, they're, they're calling on Fabian for help. Um, so it's been just a blessing to get to know him. But uh, this is what the podcast is really about here, bringing on people who typically wouldn't have a voice, um, who people typically wouldn't see, and just recognizing that, hey, Christ sees these people and we can all learn from them as well. So tune in. Hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to another episode of the Christ Sees You podcast. I am here with my man Fabian, who is also known in the neighborhood as Black Cowboy. And I just want to affirm you and let you know just what I see in you and why I asked you to be on here. Um, I met I met Fabian. He was filling up water outside of the church one day, and um, I just went and started talking with him. And I immediately just noticed he had a a gift for communicating. He had a uh, just a gift for. Uh, his positive attitude it was a super cold day i was like just like one of those brutal uh des moines iowa just uh, yuck and he had a super positive attitude and it just um yeah it just stuck out to me i got his number and we have uh just been in touch ever since man so i i just appreciate just who you are and, and I'm, I'm very thankful for you hopping on the podcast thank you so uh first thing i want to start off with is just giving a little bit of background on just your personal church history like i know both of your parents are pastors um they're not pastors here in in iowa though so just talk a little bit about yeah where you grew up and, and, and um, what it was like for you growing up in the church uh for me it was uh you know i went to the church like every sunday every wednesday every you know all throughout the week and stuff and and uh that was before my parents became pastors and it was as i growing up you know, as soon as I was just barely old enough to teach, you know, I'm teaching the youth and then, or teaching the kids. And then I get older and I'm teaching the youth. And then after that, then I'm running the, the youth, uh, youth church in the evenings and all that stuff. And, and so it was like, it was like, a, you know, it, it, it grew on to me because like at first, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to church. I don't feel like going to church. But then, you know, I do like teaching. I do like teaching, teaching, like, you know what I mean? Not just like regular, hey, well, this is the lesson. This is what we're going to learn. It's like, no, it's like, let me help you understand exactly what's going on here and how it pertains to you and how you can use it in today's life, you know, and for different people to understand because people come from different backgrounds, different things. They may not understand. Me, King James Version, that's the only way I understand it. Some people don't understand King James Version, you know, so help them understand. And so it wasn't until we moved to Arizona, and, uh, yeah, that's when they start really, really getting to meat and bones and start, you know, make their way to become pastors. Where were they before Arizona? Oh, Chicago. Chicago, got it. Oh, yeah. So that's where you grew up as a, oh, yeah. a kid in, in Chicago? 
Oh, yes. Nice. And then when they moved to Arizona, did you move there with them? Oh, yes. Yeah. So then uh, what brought you from Arizona made to make the transition to uh, good old uh, Des Moines, Iowa? Well, after, uh, after I finished high school, went to the Army, did that, traveled around the world for a while, came back, and met this girl, and, you know, she's like, hey, you know, this is awesome. Let's go back and to my hometown. I was like, oh, where's that? Iowa. Isn't that the potatoes place? Like, no, no, that's Idaho. We're going mm-hmm. to Iowa. So, yeah, we came here. and uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's different. <laughs> How so? Well, the, the people here, they're just, they're just so, I don't know, it just seems a lot, a lot more country or which I like, but it's just, it's just, I don't know, a lot of people just seem so, I guess, lost. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They, they really seem lost, literally. Mm-hmm. And when you say lost, like, what do you mean by lost? Like, lost from a, on a spiritual sense? Like, on a spiritual level, on a mental level, on a, on a, on, and sometimes on an actual physical level. Like, they just almost disoriented, like, like, like a, like a, like a form of zombie. Like, some people, they, you can ask them what's going on today in today's news or today's weather. They just don't know what's going on. You know, spiritually, you know, this just, this place is, I've, I've learned some things that I didn't, Need to know, you know. And when you say some things you didn't need, like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm real big on statistics. Like, uh, not stereotypes, but statistics. And I use that to, to form, like, a template around different things. So, um, yeah, so you transitioned to Des Moines, man. And then what was that like for you from a spiritual standpoint? Did you start going to church in Des Moines at all? Did you Did you never go to a church, or what was that like? Well, um, I attempted to visit a couple church churches, and uh, I forgot what's the name of the church, but it was somewhere close to the airport. And right at the door, they were just kind of like, "Oh, hold on a minute!" It's like, uh, you know, do you have any uh, any different clothing that to wear? Mm. Right then and there, like instantly, I got upset, but I, I didn't show it. But it was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, let me let me go change," and then just left. So the, they weren't willing to uh, allow you to just come in as you were? No, not at all. Why do you think that was? I have no idea. Well, I mean, one, it was like one of those, I guess, you know, formal, formal, formal churches. Like, you literally have to have a suit and tie and everything else, which I don't mind. But, you know, this was like, hey, we're going to church today. Like, we ain't got nothing to wear. I don't care. We're just going to church today. So we went, and it's like, oh. So ever since then, and every other Sunday or so, we'll call my parents and like we'll do like the little video chat video church kind of thing but you never you never made attempts to to go back in a building again no not really because of that yeah mm. because like you know I, usually when i go to a church like i usually go first by myself to like peep it out to see what it's about and then go but this time you know i took the kids took everybody we all went and it's like uh I don't want my kids to know something like that or see something like that. Like a church judged us and turned us away. Like, man, that really hurt. Mm. So, yeah, I just stuck with it at home. Mm. So, you know, just building on that, what is something that you think churches can do better to make it more welcoming for everyone? I mean, it'd be a lot better if they, like, I mean, I understand the suit and tie thing, which... If I was to make like church laws or whatever it is, would okay maybe 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 make it mandatory on like a uh, on a um, on, on a, like a 
one Sunday each each month or something like that, or communion or something like that, or a baptism. But otherwise, like, it's, you come as you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people come off the street from anywhere. What if, like, that day they happen to walk by a church and it's like, I, I want to go. And then they go as they are, just whatever, you know? They shouldn't be judged like that. Yeah, and I think a church can have a culture of wearing suits but still allow anyone to come. Like, there's no biblical mandate that says if you're not dressed in a certain way, you're not allowed to enter. Yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to enter in. So, um, yeah, it, it's very disappointing to hear that you just got turned turned down like that. Yeah. So, you know, transitioning now to just thinking about the neighborhood, like one thing that just stood out to me is you know a lot about what's going on just he, right here around the church, right? Right here around in the, in the Drake neighborhood. Um, what are some things that you've noticed just about the neighborhood, some things that have stood out to you? Uh, well, right, <laughs> I'll say like right here between Cottage Grove and University, between 20, oh, what would that be, 28th? Yeah, 28th. And about maybe MLK, it's kind of like the, the border ground between like the actual hood and actual like you know what I mean everybody else <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the actual it's like an undrawn border you know what I mean and um, it's the melting pot yeah yep. and so you still got people that still like oh you know it's a nice neighborhood I don't lock my doors and they're <laughs> two doors down from I can't wait to get in that house like <laughs> you know and um a lot of people that's that's over around this area, they're more like, they're more of the ones that are actually trying to reach out for help. You know, I mean, they, it's not so much as it is down in the hood where it's just like, they're just doing this dog eat dog world kind of thing. And over here it's like people are actually trying to reach out, but half of them don't know how to ask. And the other half just, you know what I mean? Too scared to, don't want to be judged. And, and I completely understand that. And talk a little bit more about that. Give that perspective of like, not knowing how to ask, but then also that that fear of being judged. Well, like, uh, for instance, just uh, the other day, I came by to, you know, fill up some water jugs, and and this 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 chick, this was like 2 o'clock in the morning, literally 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and I knew there was nobody around, and, and this chick was coming, she checked the food box, and then she walked by, and, and she was like, uh, she was talking, but I don't know if she was talking to me, she's talking on the phone or talking or what. And I just kind of ignored it, but kept her in my, you know, line of sight. And finally she came up. She was like, do you need some help? I'm like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she was like, are you sure? I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And uh, she was like, well, okay, well, are you sure, you sure you don't need no help? I'm like, well, if you really, really, really want to help, then, I mean, there's only one spout here. <laughs> and she's like, I can help arrange them or whatever. Well, okay, you know. And so I asked her, you know, how you doing? She's like, I'm doing fine sometimes. I could tell she was looking weird, looking different directions and, she would mumble a little bit and then talk and mumble and talk and I'm trying to figure out like what's wrong with her. And then she's just and it wasn't until <laughs> this was until maybe two uh, about an hour and a half later that she finally told me she's schizophrenic and bipolar and all this other stuff. And um, but she was like she was like I'm really trying to have someone help me with my couch. With your couch? Okay, I'll help you with your couch. Let me just drop this water off. And she was like, okay. Will you come back? I was like, come back. Just come with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I took her back to the house. We unloaded the water and, you know, had her meet everybody. And everybody was nice to see her. And, and uh, we went back and moved this couch. And this 
she lived like literally like where the spout is or the parking lot's at, right across the park. Literally, you walk across the park, you walk right into her house. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the couch was all the way behind her house, behind the house behind her, across that street on the side of the curb. And it was a big couch. It was a big couch. And um, her apartment had everything but somewhere to sit down in it. And she was like, that's all I want is a couch. <laughs> you know, and it has something to sleep on. It's something, you know, to sit on. And nobody would help me. And I'm like, oh, come on, we got this. And so we finally got that couch up there. And um, and she was like, uh, I asked her, I said, hey, how long have you been trying to get this couch over there? She goes, well, the couch has been sitting there for two weeks. I just, nobody would help me. I'm like, what? What? Now, her thing was she had got into a situation with something, uh, abusive relationship or whatever, and somebody helped her out of it, and she needed to get back on her feet. And so they got her, they paid for her a place, you know, a couple of months to get her back on her feet. And, you know, she's on her own. But, you know, she's a little schizophrenic. She has a hard time, you know, like if you were to meet her right off the bat, you would think, okay, this, she's high, she's on drugs or something, she's crazy, like you know, I just had to be patient with her. Just to, I'm trying to understand it, and then finally I did. And she was she cried. She started crying, and I was like, "Uh oh, like what's with the crying for?" She was like, "Well, you know, you you're the first person to actually help me, help me. You know, I, you know how hard it is trying to get someone to help." I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, "Believe me, I understand." <laughs> I was like, you don't gotta cry about it. I'm like, "Hey, dear, take my number down. You know, if you need help with anything else, you know, just let me know." She's like, okay, all right. And last time she called me, she she wanted to find a dog, but I don't think I trust a dog with her. Yeah. But, but yeah, just simple things like that. So when there, and, and you know this, uh, there's a, a clear call in the Bible to, to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why do you think that's so hard for Christians to actually live that up? Well, because everybody's judging everybody. Everybody's judging book by its cover. Like, they just don't want to take the time to be like, hey, they and I know they see it. They'll see somebody who needs help. They'll know exactly the help they need, and they have the means to help them. And then it's like, ah, no, I don't want to be seen around this person, or or oh no, that person looks like they might do this, or or, or I'm not too sure about this. And it's like, why? Like, why? You know, that's that. That could be the difference between life or death for somebody. Mm. You know what I mean, and believe it or not. Des Moines, out of everywhere I've been in the world, have I stopped somebody from trying to kill themselves? Like, it, it, it blows my mind. Like, like you're saying that you have had to do that? Like, literally had to stop them and had to literally give them reasons why not to. Multiple times? Multiple, at least a good seven times since I've been here mm-hmm. that I have ran into somebody. And, and it just happened to be, I happened to be in their neighborhood. And it's like, let me stop by and see what this dude's about. And then it's like, dude, what what are you doing? It's like, man, I'm done. I'm done with this. It's too hard. Life's too hard. It's this, that, and that. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, and it's I, it it blows my mind because it's, it's rare that someone knows someone that's committed suicide. And it's rare to hear about someone that wants to commit suicide. But then, this is in the past like two years. I've ran into seven different people where the situations were like life or death. So why do you think it's so bad here? As people lose hope. Mm-hmm. They lose a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's the whole, like you said, you know, love each, to love each other's neighbors. Like, like you got to actually try to just, a simple as like saying, hey, you know, have a good day today. 
could change the whole aspect on somebody. Mm. Literally. It's just a simple things. And I think what I love about what you're saying is at the end of the day, a lot of it comes back to just wanting to be in someone's life and build a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Because as you build that relationship, people will open up more about what's really going on and that we can get to the core of, because you're not going to meet someone in the first time you meet them. They're going to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm suicidal, but you spend some time with them. You, you show that you genuinely care about them. And all of a sudden, some of those deeper things start coming out. Yeah. So with a lot of these people you've met, do you think that they they have Jesus in their life? Do you think they know Jesus? Well, they, I could say they know of him, mm. but you know, it's, they, they, they lose a lot of hope because of the things that they go through. And which is completely understandable. Like I've gone through some things in my life that I thought was the worst of the worst. You know what I mean? Everybody thinks their own, you know, problems and their pains is worse than anyone else's. But, and, and I remember uh, talking to my mom one day and, and this was like while I was in the army and I was going through some crazy things, some wild things. And I was telling my mom, like, why do I got to go through this? Like, like, why me? You know what I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> like I'm not trying to do nothing wrong. Like I, I'm doing good. I'm doing the right thing. And I'm having all these issues and all these problems. And my mom, she tells me, she goes, well, maybe it's not for you. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not for me. Mm. She's like, you're going through, maybe you're going through these things for someone else and, and they're going through something. And maybe you got to be that one to talk them through it. And, and so they can make it through. I was like, but why do I got to go through it? She's like, because you're the strong one to be able to make it through. Someone has to make it through to be able to show them that it can be done. And I was like, wow. Well, they better really appreciate it. Cause, uh, and sure enough, every unique I'm talking about, like there's nobody go through a situation like this. This is, this is, this is, the, oh, I'm the only person to go through something like this. And then I ran into somebody that is literally one of them. Oh, actually, three of them were one of the suicidal people that was like, I was like, man, I'm going through this, and, and, and there's no way through. There's no way I can get through. It's like, man, I also have I gone through that. But at the same time, I was going through this. Man, let me tell you what you need to do. And sure enough, like the ones that listened, they they actually made it through. And it's just like, see, I told you. And it's it's. It's encouraging to see people, you know, prosper, you know what I mean, when it came from like literally taking their lives to, yeah, now they're helping other people. So you feel like that's something that you're recognizing now in your life that God has put that purpose on your life to, to be there and, and help people and, and love on them and help them through really hard things that not a lot of people have been through. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, for a while I, I came to the conclusion that uh, – there's a lot of different things that I've done in my life that uh, skills or, or, or technical skills or different things that I've learned. And I thought my main focus ever since I was a kid I had a weird experience and that I was like, okay, I was put on this earth to protect people and defend people, you know what I'm saying? Look out for those who can't defend themselves, you know what I mean? And that's what I've excelled in. But really in a nutshell, like now it's like how to be able to do all of that but kind of on a on like a spiritual level, you know what I mean? Because not everything can be fought with hands and weapons, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like say that again. This, <laughs> yeah. Not everything can be fought with hands and weapons, and and that's where that's where I, you know, I've excelled at. But then running into things like this on the street, I've had to learn by picking it up. Like wow, 
you know, how do I fight this and and win? You know what I mean? Because I, I can't have it on my my mind that somebody took their lives and the last person that was able to talk to them was me and they still took their lives. Nah, dude, it was like, I'm going to be here for a minute. Like, you ain't going to try to, no, no, no. How do I do that? And then learning that, that's, that's a new way how to protect people and defend people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so you mentioned also with that, just people losing hope. And for you, how has your hope in Jesus helped to sustain you through a lot of what you've been through? Well, <laughs> I, I like to say out of, out of all the unique things that's happened in my life, my relationship with him is very unique. I mean, I'm I. There's a lot of things I'm kind of like I guess you would say um, uh, um, numb to, and a lot of things that I, I just kind of blind to. But when it comes to stuff I need to know or or have to do and and have hope for, and I also do. Do Jesus makes it blunt. I'm talking about blunt to me. I mean, it is. Yeah, at times where I was like, everything was like, oh my goodness, this is happening. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, like man, okay. And right when those negative thoughts start coming, I was like, no, there's got to be another way. And boom, there's always something, something for him to let me know. Like, wait a minute, did you forget this? Did you forget me? Like, mm. okay, all right, hold on. Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. Let me, as you say, speaking into existence. Let's let's go on with it. And like uh, when I showed you at the at the uh, when we had the meeting, like you know the little letter and stuff, like you know Wendy, she was devastated. She was like, "Oh my goodness!" She was like, "I was just happy. I was just comfortable." I was like, "Maybe this place is not for us. Maybe this, maybe it's not not the one." You know what I'm saying? We'll find another one. You know, we'll keep it going. And like I can understand why everybody, everybody in the household is sad. I'm like, man, why y'all sad, man? I'm like, hey, I'm still gonna fight it. We still got we still got places looking around. It's like that just lets them know early we need to be ready to go, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, it's uh hope is a very, 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 very strong thing. So when you like and a lot of what you're talking talking about is essentially your learning coming into essentially discipling people, discipling them spiritually into a relationship with Jesus. And that's one thing I've just noticed with you, it's like you're you're a leader in the community. And it's like, how how does Cottage Grove come alongside you and help you to do what you're already doing? Well, I mean, right off the bat, there's been times where <laughs> we're like, uh, I mean, at the house, I mean, the people that's there, not saying that they're not lazy. They're just, you know, stuck in kind of like a downward depression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so. They're not motivated to. Exactly. Yes. Yep. And um, sometimes they'll, 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 they'll say, hey, you know, Cowboy, you're being mean, man. It's like, no, literally, like, I've still got the army mindset. And it's like, it's like the only thing I'm going to try to give you is purpose, motivation, and direction. That's the way it is in the army. That's the way it is here. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not going to yell at you about it, but I'm just letting you know what your purpose is and give you the motivation to do it and the direction to go. And so here, there's been times where, like, and it's, no, not been times, every single time, where it's like somebody forgot to go to the pantry, somebody forgot to go to get the food from the uh, 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 Catholic workhouse or whatever, and, and this, that, and that, and what are we gonna do? And it's like, okay, let me let me figure something out. Hold on, I'll be right back. First place I come is over here, and sure enough, there's always something in the food box that's enough to feed everybody in the household, 
So everybody to be happy. And then the water, of course, the water, because you know the, how the plumbing's messed up there. And um, for a while, it was just kind of like the doggy dog thing. People, someone has a water bottle. It's just crazy. to be clear, where you live, there's no running water, but there's electricity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, just recently, I found out because I got the letter from the water company, and it was like, "Hey, you know what's what's going on? You haven't used no water." I was like, "When did you turn it back on?" Mm-hmm. The pipes are frozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so I was like, "Man." And um, yeah, coming here now it's been now it's like a routine thing, and it's we have just enough bottles. Every room gets you know so many bottles, and you know enough to be able to like you know kind of shower themselves down or whatever, and still drink, still cook, still all that stuff. And um, yeah, it's 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 been a blessing. And it, believe it or not, the one who told us about it was Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and it, it's 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 crazy because just in my time I've been here, a community pastor here, it's like I've gotten to meet a few people from the neighborhood and they're always connected back to you. And that's how I was like, wait a minute, man. Black cowboy, he, there's, something, there's something going on here, man. And so I, I appreciate you setting an example of how to love your neighbor because I think you've gone out of your way and I've seen you and I've heard stories of you going out of your way to do things to make sure other people are cared for that being real, even I wouldn't be willing to do, right? It's like, I'd be like, man, uh, that's going, I'm, I'm going out of my way to do this. I'm going to have all these excuses, right? I'm going to have all these reasons why um, I can't do it. So just know that, man. Like, you are, like, I think God is really using you in this neighborhood to be an example, to be a light of this is how you love your neighbors really well. Um, one question I do want to ask you, this is, this is, I'm really interested to hear what you say to this. Um, what would you say... When, for some reason, man, there's people who have a hard time grasping the concept that you can be in poverty and still love Jesus. Well, I mean, they, see, it's kind of like, uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm in poverty, poverty, I mean. And I'm not even, I'm, and that's but, the thing. Like, not, and that's the thing. It's not even about you, just in general. But the, but like it's it's the whole thing of appreciation for what you have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. And and my whole thing is 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 you got people that's uh, you know just having a hard time. You know what I mean? Just things are just not going right. And then you got people who are just like they just gave up. They just gave up. And. Usually, uh, you know, it's the it's just the motivation behind it. You know, what I mean, because believe it or not, a lot of the people that I've ran into and uh, some of the people at the house, they were in a better situation than that that that, that they were in. But it's just uh, everything was going in a downward spiral. They had just gave up, and and that's where they were at. And I'm like, yeah, don't give up. Yeah, regroup at my place, and then we'll figure out from there. You know, what I mean, and and. Now they're starting to understand, like, hey, well, things could be worse. Like, just take the joy in what you have now, and 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 you know, what I mean, try to try to help each other. You know, what I mean, that's my whole big thing is unity. Is like trying to keep everybody together peacefully. You know, what I mean, and and once I finally got that aspect in the household, oh, I'm talking about it. Everything is great, great.
great. Uh, someone could be like, hey, I want to make pancakes. Where's the syrup? I get nine syrup bottles thrown at them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, 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 they got to learn to, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the appreciation. You know what I mean? Once you learn the appreciation of the things around you and understand it, it's like, okay, it's not the fact that some people say, well, God hates me. God doesn't want me around and this, that, and that. It's like, no, 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 no. He's giving you the tools to start from here mm-hmm. to build up. You know what I'm saying? He's showing you, trying to humble you. You know what I mean? Trying to show you, okay, bam, you, you can go through this. Bam, you can do that. Bam, you can do that. Now, now when you run into other people and they're going through the situation, hey, now you see me, I'm motivated. It's negative 10 degrees. And it's like, what? It's like, yeah, man, come on, come on to the house, man. Let's talk about it. And it's just, like I said, the appreciation. Once you learn, once they learn the appreciation that, hey, things could be worse, then that's when it, that's where it starts. And you think, uh, so the word, when I, when I hear appreciation, the word that always comes to mind for me is like contentment. Yeah. It's like, yeah. for, for, so for you, it's like, you think that the not having the hard situations actually create a contentment that allows you to, to draw closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. I love that man. I just, I just don't, sometimes I didn't understand why people, you know, I mean, in the beginning I did where when bad things happen, that's when it's like, Oh my goodness. Uh, where is God now? You know, where is he at now? Like, oh, he hates me and all this stuff. And it's like, no, you got to realize like, wait a minute, I'm still alive. There's something here. There's something I need to do. You know what I mean? And obviously it's not the negative things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's the aspect of everyone else. They want to keep doing negative things, keep doing negative things. And it's like, okay. And like there's a quote I always live by. It's like, you know, to get things you never had, you got to do things you never done. To see places you never seen, you got to go places you never gone. Mm-hmm. So if you keep doing the negative things, you're going to keep getting that same thing. What's insanity? The definition, keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Let's change it up. You know, try to do positive things. And sure enough, it never fails. Once they start doing positive things, it's it's on its own. Yeah, there, see, see, see how see how it works. And so that's a that's a power thing. Like and you said being content, like contentment, like like I came from you know, the army, the army's different. When we were out in the field or out there and out there and outside the wire, it's we have the bare necessities and we take joy off of finding the little bare necessities. So here it's like, there's nothing that can be thrown at me that still, I was like, you can spin a globe, throw a dart, wherever it lands, I will survive. I will survive and I will flourish. But the little things I will take joy in it. You know what I mean? Man. Well, Fabian, I, yeah, I love that man. And I just, I'm super appreciative of you stopping by and just, uh, just blessing people because I think what you're going to do is give people just a different perspective, a different way of seeing things, a different way of seeing this neighborhood, um, and a different way of doing what God's called us to do to, to make disciples of all nations, man. So I, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for listening to the Christ Sees You podcast. If you want to get in touch with me to share your own story or to connect me with someone who has an amazing God story, my email is iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com. That's iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com. And if you want more of this podcast, make sure you subscribe. See you next time.